Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is October 18th, 2022, and this is Q&A 114. These podcasts are made for my Facebook virtual coaching group. Um, I'd like to share a little story before we get started today. Also, first of all, um, congratulations to everybody who had an awesome run this weekend. We already have 15 personal bests for the month and we're only October 18th. So that's awesome. And many of you are getting ready for world um, MBHA world finals in Perry, Georgia at the end of the month. So I'm really excited for you. You are ready. The videos that I've been watching, you are ready. A couple of small tweaks here or there. Just do some slow work and get that solid in your muscle memory in the next two weeks. Focus on those basics for riders cues and horses foundation you're going to go there and do your best and remember always run your race nobody else's and treat it like any other run because that's when you'll have your best runs when you're relaxed and and smooth as fast so let's see here um one thing i wanted to mention in the 30 years that i've been training horses and coaching people uh, i've been doing the video analysis i think what maybe, I don't know, 15 years now. Um, and there's been many times that people have asked me to do a video and keep it private. And that's absolutely no problem whatsoever. So in the group, when you sign up, um, or even let's say sometimes you like to share your videos for others to learn, but every once in a while you want one private, just make sure you tell me. And it's no problem either way, because I understand some people are private. Some people are uh, shy and other and other people just don't want other people knowing what they're doing or, um, you know, anything like that, which is totally okay. So if you like to share your videos for the group to learn, that's awesome because everybody can learn from everybody. The way that I critique these videos, there might be something that you'll see someone else doing that will help you say, oh, I need to do that or, oh, okay, that's where, where I need to change something. So, so, um, you know, or, Hey, I do that, that that's awesome. You know, so, so that's a good thing. And that's the reason why I don't share, uh, cause I'm averaging at least 40 or more videos a week right now. So I don't put them all in the group. Um, cause that would be a lot, but I do try to pick and choose certain ones that people allow, um, just for learning purposes. And then, um, of course I like to put your, your wins in there so we can celebrate with you if you want them on there. But if you like to keep them private, I just want you to know that's totally okay. I'd also like to welcome a new member, Wilhelmina from Florida, and also welcome back uh, some rejoined members, Jody from Kentucky, Ohio area, and uh, McKenna and Katie from Florida. So welcome back to you guys. Um, you're always welcome to come in the group and stay for a while and then take a break if you need to. Um, because I understand, you know, like in the winter and the snow, you might take a break. In the hot summer months in Florida, you might take a break. And, you know, if you're not using the group, that's fine. But if you do sign up for a whole year, you will save two months worth. Um, so that's something to consider as well. You save $30 joining for a year. Um, let's see here. Uh, so as I mentioned, um, we're working on our challenges in the group right now. And the uh, skill challenges, um, you know, this month is to have better turns for faster time. So every week I'm going to share some video that's going to 
you know, probably a couple of videos. I think I've been sharing a couple of videos a week on things you can work on for better turns, smoother turns for faster times. And um, so pay attention to those and apply those this month because that's what's going to help you um, by hitting your spots, you know, getting those two strides or eight and those two strides around each barrel, knowing how to get your horse straighter longer in the hole, but separating rate and turn, knowing where your pivot spot is on first and third and seconds, a different spot. Um, you know, those are all very important things to know to make for smoother turns. And that again, leads to faster times. So in the uh, mindset, we, um, we are doing believe this month to believe in yourself, to believe in your horse. And, you know, all this has been building up to, um, a bigger, bigger scheme. You know, we started, I think in August with 1% improvement, picking one goal, every ride or run. Um, and then we talked about positive thinking, how important that is. And then this month is to believe, to believe in yourself. All of these things are all crucial to have in your toolbox for your mindset, for your mental toughness. So I really hope that you are working on that. Anytime you feel yourself lacking confidence or getting nervous or possibly negative thinking, <laughs> redo things and give yourself a 1% goal. Give yourself a positive um, uh, one minute positive mindset sprint. You know, tell yourself positive things for a minute. And then believe in your teamwork, believe in your preparation and your training and the hard work that you've put in and, and go from there. So <clears throat> with that said, <clears throat> let me see here. Um, the, uh, let me see, we had, uh, we had quite a few videos that I've done and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get to the Q&A now. The topic is how I pattern a horse for the barrels. So let's see if we have time to get to that today. But I do have quite a few um, questions, and I'm going to try to get through that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. One person asked about, and this is, remember, I train trainers, so I get questions from trainers who are helping other people a lot of times. And one said, um, are doing things for the right reason. They're struggling with, you know, client expectations and doing things that they feel are the right thing. So um, with that said, um, you have to look at things in this way. Um, when you're doing something, are you doing it for one, the client, um, two, for the horse, three, so you can sleep at night, and four, what would Jesus do? So those four things should always be in your mind. Um, if your gut tells you that that doesn't fit your program to push a horse to the expectations of the client, but you, you need to sleep at night and you know you know, in, in God's eyes, that wouldn't be the right thing to do. Um, then you need to have a discussion with the client and say, hey, you know, I really want to please you. It's not that I'm not doing the work, but this horse needs more time. And you can share videos and pictures with them and have them come for lessons so they can see your progress and your process. That's what I did. And it worked for me. And then um, things that are more on the negative end, um, when you're a trainer and you're training other people's horses, um, number one, to expect things, you know, if you expect people to appreciate you and give you a lot of that of girls, you're going to end up very disappointed. You have to do things with no expectations other than you love your job, you love horses, and you want that horse and rider to be the best team ever. 
and I have a great relationship. So that's one thing I can tell you that I learned over the years. Um, and not expect the, um, number two, I would say, uh, is, um, not use and, um, you know, sometimes, you know, here, I guess here I'm trying to say this is don't, don't expect 100% loyalty out of people. That's not how it works. You wish it would because you put so much uh, heart and passion into it, but they often will go elsewhere to learn and, and that's very normal, you know, um, and hopefully they just have positive things, um, to say about you when they go. Um, and that, that happens now, sometimes, uh, you'll get a client that just sucks you dry because they don't have boundaries and you have to put boundaries on them and just say, Hey, this is how, you know, this is what you get for this. And if you want more, you need to pay more and you just have to set boundaries. And if it doesn't feel right, then, you know, they might fit with a different coach or trainer. So, you know, try to always have a good communication with them first. And then if it doesn't work out, it's sometimes less stress for everybody to move on. Um, number third thing is really important when you're training for others is to not burn bridges and not get your, you know, feelings hurt or butt hurt, you know, as people would say, um, learn to let things go, um, and be nice, even when it's hard, you know, even when you have to take the high road because, you know, it, it's just, it has to be done because down the road, I will tell you this in, in, when you have your own business, uh, you live on word of mouth and I will promise you good news travels slow, but bad news travels fast. And if you get in a tiff with somebody, uh, and it ends up on social internet and, um, and people start bad mouthing you, it's not fun to come back from. There's a lot of things that, you know, you can look back and say, you know, you can see when people go away from you, you know, when they, they, you know, you just see it, whether it's you go through a divorce or you uh, have a falling out with one client and that client spreads bad words. You'll see it. over. I mean, I've been doing this 30 years. I've seen a lot. So, um, so, but, but if I was to look back hindsight, I would have done things different. I don't have to be right all the time. I can just take the high road and just leave it without a burned bridge and, and let time calm things down and all of that. So, so I just wanted to say that. And then, um, you know, and, and try not to have hurt feelings and, and just move forward. So that's all I have to say on that. The next question is, um, losing time between barrels. How do you fix that? Um, well, there's five ways. And again, and again, it depends on the individual, but straighter, longer is really important. Um, straighter, longer is so important. If you don't, don't, number two, don't separate rate and turn, it's going to hurt you. By not looking past a barrel and looking in at a barrel or lifting, you just told your horse to rate and turn at the same time. So one and two kind of go together. Straighter longer is when you're looking between your horse's ears, keeping a balance between your hands, looking past the barrel in the hole. Because your job is to possibly sit before the barrel if you're on a horse that needs that. Some horses, you might have to sit up until you're in the hole. Um, if you're on a push horse, so, but straighter longer is the number one way to stop losing time between the barrels. Um, separating your rate and turn is very important. And then here's one that's really important, which people lack. And, um, 
And I've watched Barbara Cal Calhoun get better at this with Memphis. And that's a clear drive cue out of your turns. Um, sometimes people are fiddling with their reins or uh, pulling up on the horn or getting in the horse's face instead of driving. And if you need to just really drive, once that horse is pushed off your inside hip in that pivot spot and you're straight and you're getting that first stride out of that turn, you need to drive. You can smooch. You can use your outside leg. You can use both legs. You can have reins to the ears, but you need to have a clear drive cue. By the midway point, you can be back to two hands and getting them lined up. But driving them out is what's going to shave a tenth or two out of each barrel. Number four um, is great turns. Um, having those smooth turns will really in increase um, your, your uh, you won't lose time between the barrels because you finish your barrels right. If you hit your spots all correctly, um, you know, you know, getting that two strides of rate and then hitting spots one, two, and three and getting your pivot spot just right, you're going to have a, a straight line to your next barrel. And that makes a huge difference. That's why I always say first barrel is a money barrel because if you leave that first barrel correctly, it's going to set you up great for second and then it builds your momentum of your run. So, and then probably the fifth thing would be to really know how to win and how to use your two hands and two legs as you smooch and drive across the pin, keeping those horses really balanced. A lot of people hold the horn, which is fine if your horse is honest, but sometimes a horse needs help. And if you come off a barrel with a rainbow, you're going to need to get back to two hands to get that line correct again. Otherwise, you could be in a bad position by the time you get to third. Most of the time, people rainbow off a second. So those are the five things that can cause you to lose time between the barrels and how to fix it. So uh, the next question was, um, okay, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> not finishing the turn because of pulling on the reins and they're stepping off the turns. Okay, so if you miss a spot, like spot one and two, um, what will happen is you're going to end up coming off wide off of a barrel. And um, some horses hate when you touch their head. And they'll overbend their head and their neck and their shoulder and their hips going to float away. So that can become a huge issue. Um, so that's, again, why it's important to use your eyes, your body, your energy the most, your voice. Whoa, here, ride spots one, spot two, pivot spot out. You know, if you're on a rollback horse, spot three is really important. You get those back feet all the way to spot three before you pivot, keep them four-wheel drive, especially on that second barrel. So that's important. Um so yeah, if you if you miss a spot, um, that's how people end up pulling. Another thing people do is they sit up to get a horse in a turn, and then instead of sitting back and looking for their next barrel, they pull their hand down with their shoulders forward, and the horse and them get in a fight. They they come off the ground, they elevate, and that turns out poorly. Um, the next question is if I get anxiety before my run. And then I feel depressed afterwards over my mistakes and I get all negative and want to quit. Okay, so with that one, this is why a positive mentor or coach is important. The thing is, is we all make mistakes. And remember, our mistakes are our greatest teachers. You cannot succeed without failing. You know, think of Michael Jordan's quote where he said, you know, I've, I've lost... 3,000 games or 3,000 shots. I've, I've missed the game-winning shot 
200, 300 times. I don't know. I'm grabbing numbers. I don't really know the numbers, but he'll say over and over how many things he's lost. And that's why he succeeds. And Michael Jordan, when you think of Michael Jordan, you don't think of a loser. You think of one of the best all-time basketball players ever. So um, just know that that um, when you do have a mistake and it's a big one, it's going to be a lesson you'll never forget. And those are our greatest teachers. But also realize um, having a coach and a mentor, I'm here to save you a lot of mistakes. That's why I want you to listen to these podcasts. That's why I want you to watch the videos I review. Um to learn. I want to save you the heartache that I had to learn the hard way doing it on my own. You know, um, you, you know, I do think horses are our greatest teachers. I truly do. But I do also feel having a, a mentor or coach can help you save time and get there quicker without the, the heartache. So, but I don't want you to be hard on yourself. Um, realize that it takes a long time. And if you're learning, your horse is learning, it's going to take twice as long. So just be patient and learn from your mistakes and appreciate your wins. So let's see here. Next question. Um, oh, the other thing to, on that topic is also your horse. Um, your horse is going to feel your anxiety and they're going to read your emotions. Your horse will feed off of your nerves. So you need to find a way to um, meditate and center yourself. And I talk about that a lot in my podcast for about journaling, the importance of journaling and um, doing one minute positive sprints and also learning to breathe in and out and count or focus on something like your horse's mane as you do big exhales until you learn to calm yourself down. And think of it as an exhibition or a practice run, but not in competition. You may have to sing a song. Um, you may need to talk to your horse. But make it enjoyable for your horse because if they feel your emotions of anxiety or dread, they're not going to want to do it either. And a lot of times people are sedating their horses because the horse is nervous, but it's actually the rider who the horse is feeding off of. So that's something you need to consider as well. Learn to calm yourself down so your horse can be calm and confident too. Okay, so let's see the next question. Um, I actually am afraid to go fast. How do I get over that? Um, so I totally get that 100%. Um, anytime, and, and this is a person who was never injured on a horse, never hurt in competition. There's no accident or something. Just with age, she started to feel less confident to go fast. And, um, and I totally 100% get that. When I was in my 30s and 40s, I was fearless. Matter of fact, right after I had my son, I came back with more desire to go harder and faster because I couldn't compete while I was pregnant. I wanted it so bad. I missed it. But I also knew I had my husband to depend on. If I got hurt or, or anything, he was there to take care of me, take care of my animals. And then also my son, as he got older, I had my husband and my son I could depend on. So I didn't worry. But once I went through my divorce, then my mind started messing with me. It was like, uh-oh, you know, what if I get hurt? Don't... I get hurt. There's no one to take care of me. There's no one to take care of my horses. Um, what if I get sick? Who's going to take care of me and our horses? What if I get hurt? I can't work. No, no work, no pay. So those are valid concerns. Um, you know, have I ever been hurt in competition? No. The only horses that ever hurt me were training horses, um, but never in competition. Thank God, knock on wood. But, but, um, but as as far as those things, I guess you just have to decide. Do I just want to be, you know, 3D, 4D, enjoy myself and have fun? 
or do I really want to push myself to get back to that 1D, 2D level? And if I do, I'm going to have to trust God, trust myself and trust my horse and just go for it. And, and, um, and of course you can prepare. So if you are having a confidence issue, um, the way that you're going to build your confidence is by first, you know, bonding with your horse, do groundwork, get connected to your horse, do riding in the arena, like on drills and um, pattern slow and, and get confidence in one another, do basics away from the pattern and know that w when you say, whoa, whoa means, whoa, know that your horse has broken the face and you've got a nice stop and back up and you know, all of those things control perfect circles, all sizes, all speeds. Um, those things are all going to give you confidence in your teamwork as a, as, with your horse. And then you can slowly start coming back and treat your competition like exhibition and if you're really nervous just haul and ride around and enjoy your horse and your friends and maybe just exhibition go home or enter a 20 30 jackpot and just lope through and just build your confidence and i promise you if you keep doing that without a care in the world what anyone else thinks or worrying about well it used to be i ran 1d but now i'm running 4d who cares be where you are right now it's your life your horse your your comfort zone and then slowly build off that. If it, if it feels good and it's smooth and it's pretty, I promise you the times will get faster just because with pretty pretty patterns, speed comes because confidence comes. So just start there and that's what I would recommend. Um, let's see here. Do it for you most of all. Be true to your heart. Um, 1D absolutely requires a confident, assertive person who's got no fear of, of you or your horse getting hurt. So like I said, you'll just have to decide, you know, when you're ready for that, if ever, you know, you can be happy doing 3D if you want, you know, whatever, whatever is true to your heart. Next question, alleyway issues, um, what can it be from? Okay, so I have a podcast on that and I must get this question so often. That's why I made a podcast just on alleyway issues. So I will send that to anybody who's interested in it, but Definitely, you got to rule out pain, um, ulcers, bleeding. I'm not going to go into everything, um, but back, joint, hoof. There's a lot of things. Saddle fit. Um, there is a lot of things that can cause a horse to uh, rider nerves, horse's nerves, respect, going too often, um, you know, overpressured, you know, pushing them before they're ready. So listen to that podcast, and I think that'll be helpful for you there. Next question, how important is your warm-up and your cool-down? Oh, my goodness. It's so, so important. It can make or break a, a, um, a uh, run. So warm-up is really important in the sense that that's a time. You don't do any training in your warm-up. You've already trained during the week. When you get to the barrel race, you just want to warm up your horse. You want to stay calm and confident relax walk them flex them do a little bit of trotting a little bit of loping stopping you know just make sure they're listening and um, some of you might like to counter arc or roll back depending if you have a push horse or a free runner so it is important if you're on a hot horse you should do a long slow loose warm-up if you're on a laid-back horse you might want to do some more long trotting or loping but when and where is important too. How far out from when you run. Some people like to warm up, tie up, and then just get on and walk a little bit, a couple drags out. You know, when you put your rubber bands on and boots and, and go on with it. Others need a lot of warm up and then, then tie up and then warm up some more and then run. 
and then others just get on warm up and go run. So everybody's going to be a little bit different on when they do it and also where they do it. Some horses are so laid back they can warm up behind the alleyway. Other horses you got to take them off where there's nobody and keep them relaxed. Other horses do better to do it next to the horses that you came with near your trailer. So again, you kind of have to know your horse. And sometimes there's no room to warm up. I've been to rodeos before where there's nothing but cement and a park and you end up walking your horse or trotting your horse around a tree or a picnic table. So um, you just you just never know. So you have to be versatile and not let that affect your game. As far as cool down, after your run, uh, it's important to mentally cool your horse out. On my open horses, I'm going to get off them right away, loosen their cinch, tell them they're good and pet them. On my babies, I might stay on them longer, walk them out in the saddle and then gate them and then get off of them during a drag. Um, so I treat them a little bit different. I want to reward my open horse for a job well done, but I'm going to hand walk them till they're breathing normal. And then I'm going to take, you know, I take their boots off immediately, loosen that cinch immediately, then hand walk them till they're calm. And then I might cold hose them or poultice them or ice them or whatever, um, things like that. But that baby horse or even a training horse, I would go ahead and after my run, walk them for a bit, then take them back, gate them. And then if they're calm, I'd get off and loosen the cinch at that point. So again, you want to treat that, but it's very important. It's important to cool those muscles down. Um, it's also important to cool that brain back down. So that's important. Let me see if I have any more questions. And I do. Let's see here. One thirteen. Hold on. I just make sure I got all of them. Okay. Um, there's a comment. Um, so this is about getting ready for world. I did a podcast not too long ago on prepping for world. Um, by now you should have already had a vet come look at your horse, make sure they're feeling good. You've already scheduled your farrier for two weeks before or after world. Um, you have a checklist on what you need to bring. You've already got your pre-race routine, your mental game, your one minute sprint, positive sprint to get you in the zone. You're trusting your preparation and your training um, to, and you're going to run your race. Nobody else's. You're going to treat uh, each round at World the same as you would any other good run you've ever had on your horse. Um, you're going to be positive in your thoughts. You're going to remember to do some in and out, slow, deep breathing, visualizing a positive run, having positive thoughts and have one goal for each run. So as you're approaching that alleyway, just think of one or two important things that you want to do, like ride to your spots and soft hands or ride to your spots and use your legs or whatever, whatever is your thing. And just remember to be thankful, grateful, and realize how blessed you are to get to go and do what you love with your horse. Um, I also would recommend you journal your progress because a lot of things you'll do, you'll forget in a year from now when you go back there. Um, Journal any positive changes you made or anything that you did negatively that you want to change. You know, always learn from every single run. Remember, you're winning or you're learning. So trust the process and enjoy the journey. Um, just remember, if you want to be in the 1D, you have to have no fear. You, number one, have to trust God, trust in yourself and your horse, being assertive and being in the moment. And then the second thing that I used to do that would psych me out is I'd worry about my horse getting hurt. I promise if you're worried about your horse getting hurt in a run, you're going to be behind your horse. You're going to ride mechanical and you're going to be slow. 
So that's something else you can't worry about. You know, obviously you don't want to enter your horse if you think the ground is not safe or if you see problems with the ground, you may want to turn out. But um, ultimately, if you're going to big super shows, they are, you know, they make princess ground for barrel horses. They they always make it nice. You got to be more nervous about ground when you're going to, uh, you know, maybe a new event, maybe in a, a place that's never had barrel races before um, or rodeos um, or maybe after bad weather, you know. But if you're going to a place that regularly has, um, you know, barrel races and it's a super show, they're going to have that ground ready for you. So don't let that get in your head. And number three, um, overthinking is a big deal because it, it gets your timing off and you'll ride mechanical. So just keep those things in mind. Um, let me see here. Next question. Uh, she, I finally am riding to my spots really great, but now I don't know when to use my seat and my shoulders. So, and this is with 1D, 2D speed. So, so yes, it's, it's a lot. Okay. So I am proud of you for riding to your spots. You're doing great with that. As far as um, when to use your seat and your shoulders, generally from the time that you sit for rate all the way to your pivot spot, you are going to sit on your pockets and have your shoulders even with your hips sitting back. And then you may even sit back harder with your inside hip and shoulder at your pivot spot to snap out. But if by chance you sit for rate and your horse really rates down and you feel like, uh-oh, we're too close, you may have to sit back up for a tenth of a second. You might have to go, I sat before the barrel, we're rating a little too much, I'm going to sit back up a little at spot one to get to spot two, then I'm going to sit back again at spot three or at my pivot spot. And um, <clears throat> that's why you have to be in the moment. You cannot pre-think everything. You have to understand your rider's cues, but then you have to be present and be aware because while your spots are not going to change, your position's not going to change, your timing could based on if your horse is running hard or, or rating hard. So those are things that will <clears throat> change, especially if they, like sometimes you have heavy ground, it slows the horse down, or sometimes you have fast ground and your horse is going to free up. All right. Next question, um, nervous horses. Uh, what's a great drill for a nervous horse? Just walk a lot of perfect circles, maybe do 10 each way in a five foot circle. That can really calm a horse down. Riding them one handed will calm them down because two hands for horses make them think that it's time to go. Riding one hand on the rein low on their mane and the other hand on their hindquarters rubbing them will calm a horse down too. So just a lot of walking, small circles or figure eights, that's always good for them. Um, and some are quiet. So questions, uh, scary arenas, tunnels like Jacksonville, banners, bulls, how do I handle that? Um, the best answer for that is to get there and get seasoned. Um, if you can get there and ride around on a practice night, um, if you can exhibition and let them go slow at a walk trot, um, and see that the boogeyman's not going to get them. And then, of course, just keep going back there, and eventually they will get used to it. So in the beginning, don't expect a lot if they're nervous. Back it down. You know, if you're exhibitioning a colt and they're scared at a trot, don't even bother loping. You know, wait till your next time you go there. It's all part of the seasoning. It's part of uh, exposure and, um, and growing, and that's getting out of your comfort zone. 
So that's just all part of it. But, you know, always slow down when you have a problem. Number one thing to do when you have a problem, slow down. Get confidence back and then you can speed back up. Um, <clears throat> next question. Feeling nervous about world. This is <laughs> a lot of this today. Um, answer. Winning happens with intention. Okay. So champions... Um, to be a champion, you must act, act like a champion. So, so small changes in during the week and how you warm up and how you think are the things that are going to prepare you, such as understanding the arena that you're going to. So, you know, a lot of you went to Jacksonville, so you'd be ready for Perry. Uh, some of you go to Perry before your big event to get ready for Perry. Um, how you tune your horse is going to matter. You know, if your horse is feeling pushy and slicing the barrels, uh, make them do some in and outs and slow down and listen to you. If your horse is running to first without going up the middle first, work on going up the middle first. If your horse is rating down too soon on second, work on straighter longer on second. Um, you know, if your horse is shutting down because of fences and walls, work on a fence-to-fence -fence drill. You know, work on huge circles around the barrel. If your horses roll back in and stiff and sticky, big circles around the barrels. Don't do any tight turns. Um, if your horse is lacking rate, do a lot of stopping and working off your seat and loose rein woe and backing. Um, so prepare by doing small changes. Uh, run your race and just be there for your horse. So here's the thing with big shows versus district shows. If you're 1D in your district, um, your local shows like MBHA or any barrel race association near you, the entries might be 100 to 200 that those are, you know, 50 to 100. And um, you might be 1D there, but if you go to a big show with 200 to 500 or 800 riders, you might end up being in the 2D or 3D because of all the extra horses. We've all been to a barrel race where someone has a jaw-dropping run and they smoke everybody by three or four tenths. Well, imagine now you're going to have like 10 horses there like that. I'm not saying that they're to psych you out. What I'm saying is don't be discouraged if you're a half second slower against your competition because you're looking at the numbers and the best of the best. And you could very well have your jaw dropping run that day. That's hard for me to say. Jaw dropping run. It can be anyone's barrel race any day. So don't go in there thinking, oh my God, there's so many riders. Oh my God, they're so good. Go in there saying, today is my day. We're going to lay down a nice run. And then where it puts you, it puts you. But just realize, and that's really common, and don't let that make you sad if all of a sudden you're normally 3D and you're in the 4D. That's very common when you go to bigger events. So because of sheer numbers and, and talent, people come for the added money, etc. So um, let's see here. What time is it? I may not get to the topic today. I had so many questions. Um, I've been talking over a half an hour now. So all right, next week I'll go ahead and discuss how I pattern a barrel horse. Um, let me see if I have any more questions here. I'm going to read through all my notes. I had a lot come in this week. All right. The main thing I want to close with, and I think this is important for everybody to hear, <clears throat> Um. Remember, stepping out of your comfort zone, <coughs> excuse me, for you or your horses, 
that's how you learn. That's how you grow. You're either going to win or learn, and you hear me say this all the time, but you're always growing. You will always be advancing. And if you fail, that's okay. You're going to learn from it, and eventually you will succeed. <clears throat> Remember also, to be a champion, you must think and act like a champion, as I mentioned earlier. Believe in yourself and your horse. There are two things to remember when you're going to compete. Breathe and positive thoughts. Just keep reminding yourself to breathe and have positive thoughts. And keep it fun. Go and make great memories. So let me go ahead and finish with the one-minute sprint. And it's in the back of the very last page in my brand new performance tracker. The one minute sprints, the one I wrote, you can write your own, but the one that I wrote for you is, since I set my new goals, I feel a mindset shift. I believe in me and my horse or horses. Our practice is paying off. We have a great connection. Our memory is spot on. We have become so consistent. I love my life. I love our time together. I love competition. I will find something great in every run, and I will find one thing that I can improve on. I have learned to breathe slow, in and out, and center myself. I am able to visualize a smooth but fast run. I feel calm, focused, and in the moment, I am ready. So take that with you into the weeks ahead. And as always, God bless you all, and ride with heart. Thank you.